Diamonds on the Run. Episode 5. Episode 5. In the midst of Advent. A Norbertine podcast centered out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pure, Wisconsin, where we talk about our lives as frauders in formation, what we're learning, what we're going through, our struggles, our joys, and what we're doing as we go on this race of life. I'm Frater Jonathan. I'm Frater Jordan, and initial formation for both of us. Initial formation. Because, of course, say. formation is never complete. We are always being converted. Mm-hmm. In the Norbertine Charism, Frater Jonathan, year two. Yes. Me, Frater Jordan, year uh, five. Fifteen. It's taken four. you so long to finish that. Yeah, yeah. Year four. Year four. Year four. In the midst of year four. So, update from what's happened in recent history. We've talked on a couple of episodes about the retreat that you helped out with down in Chicago, Mm, right? Yes. At Old St. Patrick's Church? Yes. So I had at least a part of a retreat I got to help out with. There was an overnight retreat at St. Willibrard's Parish here in Green Bay, and high school students and some middle school students stayed overnight at the church all night for a lock-in to celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. So I got to help out a little bit, play some music for the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, and interact with the students a little bit. I needed to play for Mass in the morning at St. Willibrard's Parish, and then Mass and rehearsal and things at the Abbey later that same day. So I did not stay up all night because I knew that would just been loopy, and then trying to focus and play music for two Masses. So I was thinking about your recent retreat, and I had a similar one as well recently. It's interesting to see mm-hmm. middle schoolers and high schoolers you know, what are they grappling with in their faith? What parts resonate with what I can identify or recall from my own experiences at that age? But then also seeing very directly the influence of how culture has changed, how society technology has changed drastically in 10 years time, like it did 10 years before I was in high school. And to see how that changes, how they interact, what they're looking for, that kind of a thing. I guess an update from my from my last one, just being invited to a family's house of of the Norbertines, friends friends of the Norbertines, and uh, you, uh, myself, Frater Ann, mm-hmm. were invited over and had a lovely evening, and it was uh, themed, right? So mm-hmm. Frater Ann made some spring rolls for all of us. That was a unique experience, never seen those made, and, you know, sharing a little bit of his gift of Vietnamese cuisine, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of uh, joy and cheer and sharing with that. Mm-hmm. And so um, lived with Frater An as uh, college roommates for two years. He never made food for me then, so I'm glad I could finally partake in, of his culture and his cuisine. He, oh, yeah, he did a great job with those. Spring rolls are wonderful, yeah. especially the peanut sauce, the dipping sauce. I love anything with peanut butter. Yeah, that was rich, rich stuff. <laughs> that, was, that was heavy stuff. The family that hosted us where we went for this dinner mm-hmm. were just so gracious opening their house. Just the gift of time, being intentional about spending time together over a meal, just talking about things that we enjoy, things that are going on um, in life. You know, they're checking in with us as frauders. What is our formation like at this point? And just very gracious opening of their home as we had this mm-hmm. really nice meal together. Which connects back to our episode about sharing a meal. Sharing There's a meal. so much connection happening. Okay, so in preparing for this podcast episode, we were talking about gift. But then as we talked naturally, we of course find all sorts of different ways to look at gift and what does gift mean. And the one that comes to mind for me right away is look at everything that comes my way as a gift. More so trying to look at the things specifically that I was struggling with. The last episode we talked about Advent, and for me, how it was much more focused a year ago. 
And so I, I remember thinking about that a lot. If there are things I got frustrated with myself, with confreres around the Abbey, if I was just struggling to then take a step back and say, okay, there's probably a gift in this. There's something that God is trying to help me understand better. There's something God is trying to reveal for me in my own behavior, in my own lens, in my own understanding of what's happening. I remember my second year novitiate, just in, in, in reflection of where I'm at, I'm in my third year of simple vows, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm entering my fifth year. And I remember second year novitiate, it was a fun time in that ministry and taking philosophy at St. Norbert College. But I also recall it being a very dark time for me, not necessarily recognizing the gifts, but dwelling on things that bothered me, uh, those frustrations of living in community. It's also like what lens do we view our current life situation through, right? Are we, are we viewing it through the lens of God or are we viewing it through a lens of our own humanity, this fallen, earthly, worldly humanity that often we can get stuck in that I know what's best mm-hmm. for this community. I know what's best for myself. And mm-hmm. in reality, that's that's not the case. God knows us best. Yeah, God knows what's best for us. God knows us best. There's a little verse that I keep on paper in my little pocket of my habits to pull out and just pray with. Yeah, and you've got a book of loosely uh, <laughs> paper. I just took the little pieces of paper, folded them in half and stapled them. So I made myself a little mini book. Yeah. And I can keep it in my little hidden pocket on my habit. So in here, I've written down Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14. You formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My very self, you know. God knows us better than we even know ourselves. As I understand it, our highest level of consciousness and self-awareness does not get anywhere near God knowing us in our inmost being. I mean, there's so much powerful language in that, that he put us together. He knit us in our mother's womb. There's such intentionality of each of us being formed and brought into this world and how deeply God knows us. It points to our life being gift, the fact that we're made like our life is a gift. And even in the midst of these moments of chaos or darkness or frustration that can occur during this time of year, we can lose sight of this day is a gift given to us by the Lord. I love that idea. If we look at our life as gift, I mean, that changes everything, right? To look at everything that we have and who we are as being a gift I think that changes how then we use the gifts that we have. There's a few questions that I grew in. A lot of it came from various things I was reading since entering the order. And one of the questions in a variety of ways I kept hearing was reflect back on your day. Think about this moment. Think about whatever it is and welcome God into that. Or look and see how was God present during that. It wasn't that God wasn't there for any of that. It's that I was not aware (laughs) or responsive or in touch with how God was present that entire time. And so that then helped me formulate this question of just constantly asking myself, what is there of God in this? In doing that, I started to realize, oh, I just have a short temper today or I'm tired. I never would have thought before that I would have the mindset that I have now, that if I don't have enough sleep... I actually put that on the front of my brain really intentionally in the morning. I I used to always think that that was an excuse, but I realized I just needed to be honest about it. If I'm low on sleep, chances are I'm just going to have some pretty bad reactions to some things. And so I just got to be willing to call myself on that in every situation. So so someone says doing this, and then I try and make sure the first thing I say is, I didn't get enough sleep. I'm probably overreacting. I can't see it in that moment, but then that's where this idea of gift comes in. Like, okay, God, 
how are you helping me? What's the gift in this? Where is where is God in this? And chances are, A, I'm too busy. That's why I'm low on sleep. And that's why now I'm struggling. Or B, there's the gift in having this short response is making me realize, oh, shoot, when I'm tired and a little bit pressed, what comes out? Well, right now, it seems like a short response or a short temper yeah. rather than being patient and, and loving to a confer when they do the same for me. Oh, yeah. I hear you on that. Definitely a keen awareness of what state you're in and how you respond in particular situations. So that's a gift. But how does one in religious life cope or deal with love of another individual? You're always going to love. Even in married life, it's a continuous commitment of I made vows to, to this other person. And it's like, how do you deal with falling in love? Or how do you not act on that love because you already committed yourself to a love? And really, it comes down to grace, like that gift of God's grace to say, to renew that every day. Right. Mm. To renew that love of your commitment, whether that's a religious a priest, sister, brother or wife or husband. It's accepting that gift of God's grace to say that my life is a gift to the other of who I committed to. Wow. Yep, Holy Spirit right there. That was Holy Spirit. Boom. That's really great. I think you said two really amazing things. The last one at the very end, actually, I wasn't expecting to look at your own life as a gift to someone else. So looking at everything as gift, I'm going to put myself first in this line. It is so easy to forget how we are a gift to someone else. That was actually some advice given to me one time. I was being too hard on myself. And this confer reflected back to me, you know, think about yourself as gift. Think about the last week and think about where you have been gift to others. I mean, I'll be honest right away. It's like, ooh. Yeah. I don't, yeah. it probably didn't happen. So that'll be easy. Yeah. <laughs> It was a great challenge to say, no, you need to think about that. And then before that, looking at each new day as a gift. I mean, there's language in our morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayer, all this language about, you know, thanking God for the new day, talking about a fresh start, another chance to sing God's praises, um, protecting us through the night to give thanks for the day that we've had so we may wake up anew. Just constantly looking at the next day as a gift, the next thing that we've been given, all the things in that day as a gift. And, you know, when you're surrounded by that language, the idea, obviously, is that it's hopefully helping you re-enter into that idea. Everyone around the world needs to be reminded of the gift of each day, the gifts that we're given each day, or else we get too busy and don't take the time to even reflect on that. Mm -hmm. You said one other thing that made me think of that quote that is quite popular from Pedro Arupe. He's Jesuit. Uh, Jesuit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's such a beautiful quote. Nothing is more practical than finding God, that is, than falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. And I wow. thought of that when you're talking about how do we as religious specifically deal with feeling love. And then you said really wonderfully about the idea like, well, my love is spoken for. Like I've made that commitment of love already. It doesn't mean that there isn't love elsewhere, right? Appropriately loving others right. around us. But to then look at specifically what falling in love looks like. Yeah. You're saying yes to the one, which is saying no to the other. But that yes opens up so many doors that you wouldn't be able to go down if you didn't make that one single commitment, that one gift. A vow of celibacy versus or, a vow of marriage. 
Well, right. no, it's it's both the same because in that vow, vow of marriage, that, that one yes, that one commitment mm. opens up doors to family life, mm-hmm. opens up doors to a deep, intimate relationship to somebody who knows you most intimately. And I mean, in religious life, that vow of celibacy, the doors open up in a, in a different way. But if you never said yes to either marriage or religious life, then you're just kind of wandering around in this chaos that mm. I can't commit. I want to keep all my options open, but in keeping all your options open, you never find true love, that desire that God is calling you to. And I think if I understood you right, specifically for some of us who entered religious life, that's a common tension. Do I feel called to this way of life, to a religious order? Do I feel called to marriage? But obviously, I think there's tons of other yeses within there as well. You know, you and I would agree about that, right? That you're talking about pastoral counseling to others. You know, I think about other pastoral ministers out there in the church who aren't ordained or don't join a religious order, some who are single, some who are married, um, who are chaplains at hospitals or, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, so many different specific things to say yes. And what you said, I think, is exactly that. You know, if, you, if we don't say yes to something like that, if we don't, if we aren't willing to say yes in an all-in kind of way, there's always going to be this feeling of, you know, did I find it? Am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I going the right way? There's kind of a feeling of floating, I think was the word you said. I didn't, but I like that. No. <laughs> I, I mean, it could have. I, I, I think know. your hand gesture maybe made me, <laughs> made me think of floating. Before entering the Norbertine order, at least a solid year before, if not earlier, I remember making the decision in my heart of saying yes to being single, that I didn't feel a call to married life. And at that point, I hadn't specifically discerned religious life. You know, when we try to answer God's vocational call to us, that when we make a decision, if it's from God, when we make that decision, God will give us peace in that decision. Not comfort, not ease, mm. not even clarity, but peace. I mean, that's hard to discern in the moment. Like, do I feel peace at this? So in that specific decision for me to say yes to saying, I will be single for the rest of my life and God, I'm okay with that. And I'm going to live my life in that way. It was really liberating. I remember feeling a lot of peace with that. Yeah. And what's fascinating in hindsight was that was part of God's vocational call for me to get me here, I really believe. That in making that decision, it was helping prepare my heart and my mind to what taking a vow of celibacy might look like. And how does that speak in my heart, in my life? Because it's just interesting how, you know, we make a commitment to these gifts that God is giving us. We don't always see them as gifts right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of me that was thinking, okay, I, I think I feel a vocational call of singleness. So that was a gift from God. I didn't like that gift at first yeah. glance. It was hard to hold. And so it was really easy to keep the back door open in my mind, in my heart, you know. Maybe the perfect someone is going to come along and then, you know, like that'll be my answer. But that was always, that wasn't making a commitment, a yes, like you were saying. So yeah. to use our combined word that we came up with collectively. <laughs> I was just floating. I was thinking I was committing, but I was floating. And then later having this feeling, this call and saying yes in my heart to a call to religious life and saying, okay, God, I'll discern that with you. I'll walk with you. I'm going to go to that. I'm going to commit to that, which means I have to leave this teaching job that I absolutely love. And I cried. It was a really heavy gift to get. So saying yes to that gift also was not easy or comfortable or clear in terms of what was going to happen next. I remember there was peace in that decision. Oh, totally. I mean, I would love to be a husband or a father, but like, it's that sense of peace that that you spoke of. 
I can't envision myself doing anything else but being a priest. I, with the education and background I have now, I could still do finance. Or I could be a hospital chaplain. I could work for a diocese or you know some kind of religious education system in a parish. But I'm like, I can't see myself doing that. I see myself in the role, in the vocation as priest, as servant of God personified in Christ. I would, I would love the one vocation, but I cannot see myself doing anything else than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I find great peace. Now, obviously, as I think we both alluded to, it's not always rainbows, sunshine, and unicorns. Mm-hmm. Um, as great as that would be. But, <laughs> but life isn't. I, nope. And so I think this goes back to what lens do we view life through? Do we view it only through our own lens, our human broken lens? Or are we able to see it through the eyes of God and allow that gift of grace, that continuing yes to God in our vocation, guide our hearts, guide our minds, and see the world as truly beautiful, what God intended it to be. Yeah, it's being open and aware to, if I'm hearing you right, the gifts that God is bestowing upon us. He's giving us all the time, every day, and just being open to see them mm-hmm. because they're not always what we expect them to be, especially apart from our physical sense of what gifts are. And then instead looking at these far, far greater, richer gifts that God is surrounding us with, giving us gifts that grow, gifts that transform us to be who he has intended us to be all along. we got to be open to that. We have to look at where is God in all of these things? Where is God in our lives? What's happening in front of us? How is that? How is, where, you know, where is the gift in that? And the best way we do that, connected to our last episode, is being mindful of this time of year as a preparation for the coming of our Lord. So we got to put aside time to just be with God. And that might just mean 30 seconds of silence and saying, God, I'm not paying good attention right now. Sorry, I'm listening. Settle me down. Settle me down. Ask what you need, whatever it might be. Yeah. So a blessed Advent to you all if you're listening to this during the Advent season or really year-round, let's be honest. Uh, we We pray that you can be open to the gifts that God wants to give you in your lives. Uh, and pray for us, please do the same. That we're open to how God is giving us gifts in our formation and studies as our routines here and as we continue to grow in our spirituality and life as canons running through this race of life. Advance a journey, man. That's beautiful. Race of life. So if you want to learn more about our podcast or more about St. Norbert Abbey or other episodes we've done, check out our website at www.norbertines.org. And there is a podcast tab right at the top of that homepage where you can click and find out all sorts of stuff. You can also send us questions or comments in that you'll find it in the podcast page. Um, Basically send us an email. Let us know what you think. Um, Some ideas that came to mind from it. We would love to hear from you all. And make sure to subscribe to Cannons on the Run on iTunes. Give us a rating. Give us a little feedback. We love it. We love it. We love you. Kind of. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Can we just love people? Come on, Jordan. Until next time, St. Norbert. Pray for us. Pray for us.